the Will Air Windows special. People steal, they cheat and lie for wealth and what it will buy. But don't they know on the judgment day that gold and silver will melt away I'd rather be in a deep dark grave and know that my poor soul was saved than to live in this world in a house of to John 3.16 this evening, and uh, tonight I'm going to preach just a very simple sermon, uh, just a, something I've had on my mind this week, and I uh, don't really know why, uh, just had it on there, just thought I'd share it with you. Um, John 3.16, a verse probably many of you could quote. Uh, I tend, when I'm preaching, to read it because I don't want to misquote it and sound stupid. Um, but in John 3, chapter, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank You for this day. Thank You for allowing us to come out tonight, dear Lord, to just learn a portion of Your Word, dear Lord, and maybe we aren't learning anything, but maybe we can remember and recall that time when we put our faith in You, dear Lord. 
Dear Lord, just thank you for sending your son to forgive us of all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. The first thing I look at when I see uh, John 3.16 is for God. For God. It's important for us to remember that this is His plan, not ours. This is for His benefit. And, and even though I look at the plan of salvation and I see all the benefits for me, eternal life, a place uh, with God, a place to dwell among Christ, there's so many benefits for me, I need to remember that this was His doing. In Acts 17, I, I remember... Uh, talking about this a couple of Wednesday nights ago, but in Acts 17 and verse 28, Paul's talking about the unknown God uh, at Mars Hill. And he says this, Acts 17 and verse 28, it says, For in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For in him we live and breathe. Do you realize that we are on this planet because of God? We are here because of him. This is the plan of salvation is his plan. It's not ours. He created mankind. He knew Adam would sin. He had a plan to redeem us in spite of that sin. This is God's plan and it's for him. This, you know, often in this life, I, I, I've heard this before. I've heard a husband. And I'm not going to call any names, but I've heard a husband tell his wife before, this is your world, I'm just living in it. But the truth of that matter is, this is God's plan, we're just living in it. This is His bringing about. Uh, what we do as a church here ought to be a part of His plan. If our goal is to bring people to Christ, the first thing we must realize is this is God's plan, not ours. Uh, Trey Emery cannot save anyone. It's going to be God's doing. He draws, he, he, he saves not Trey. It's His. It's for Him. What better way to bring God glory than to reconcile people to Himself? To bring people to Him to honor and, and to praise Himself. But not only is it His plan, we see for God so loved. Not only is it His plan, but we can realize in this verse that God loved us and He loves us. God did not give us salvation because He had to. He didn't give us salvation because of any other reason than He loved us. He so loved. I I like that, that word, He so loved. He greatly loved. He loved us so much that He sent His Son. He loves so greatly. He loves so unconditionally. Our salvation uh, is not based on how well we perform, but rather on how much God loved us. In 1 John 4 and 19, it says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 19, brother. That's my fault. I wrote it down wrong. 
we love Him because He first loved us in spite of who we were, in spite of our disapproval of God or whatever you want to say as we go through this life before we came to salvation, even if we did not love God, He loved us. That's what salvation hinges upon, that God loved us. Our, our salvation doesn't... Uh, Determine is not determined on how well we perform, but that God ultimately loved us. Another verse of Scripture I'd like to read to you is Romans chapter 5. It's in Romans chapter 5, and in verse 8, it says, But God commendeth His love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In, in spite of poor performance, in spite of who I was, He loved me and He demonstrated His love for me by sending His Son. Who's the object of His love? Look here. For God so loved the world that He gave... What? Go back. For God so loved the world. That's the object of His love. It means this word world, it's cosmos, and ultimately it's translated several different ways in the King James Bible, but it it means humanity. He loved humanity. He loved His creation, humanity. Mankind is the object of God's love. We were created in His image, in His likeness. We are a special thing to God. And because He loved us so much, He gave. You know, love does. Love is as much a verb as it is a noun. You can cannot love without action. If I told my wife, I say, wife, I love you, I love you, I love you, but never did anything for it, it wouldn't be love at all. Love deems action. Love deems a response. Because of our sinful condition, God just did not choose to just look away and see His object of His love in the sinful state they were in. But because of His love, we in the separated state we were in, God chose to give. He chose to give His Son. He gave His only begotten Son, which was the only suitable substitute. Nothing else would do His life for mine. That's what it took. He gave something so precious to Him as a payment for my sin. And I think about that price that He had to pay, and I think about how much that had to have... Torn his heart. I'd realize that even more now with a, with a child of my own, how much that must have torn God's heart to give His only Son as a payment for me. But then I look at Romans 8. Romans 8 really describes God's love toward us. In Romans 8, verses 38 through 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation or creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing is so great that it could separate us from His love. In sending His Son to us, He demonstrated that His love for us is the greatest love. John fifteen thirteen declares, Greater love hath no man than this, 
that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did on the cross. His love was so great that nothing could separate us from it. And we ourselves could never understand a greater love than that of Jesus Christ. But then I keep going in John 3.16 and it says He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever... And this is a word that just changes our lives. It, it, it makes the difference. Salvation is open to each and every one of us. And not just us. It's open to the whole world. God's plan, God's plan, His love and faith is open to anyone. You don't have to be a certain kind of person to be saved. I did an interesting study this week. I want you to look with me at a couple of verses. Acts 2 and verse 21. Acts 2 and verse 21. It says, the very word that we read in John 3.16, it says it right here in Acts 2 and 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Acts 10 and verse 43, just a couple of pages over. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Romans 9 and verse 33. Romans 9 and verse 33 says this, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone, a rock of an offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And then again in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. I am glad that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a whosoever will gospel. Because you know what? As the song says, whosoever surely includes me. It includes me, and I'm in that whosoever. And whoever here has called upon the name of Jesus Christ and put their faith in Him, they are in that whosoever. I'm so thankful that God didn't say, no, I want the best, I want the select few to come into a relationship with my Son. But He said, whoever. And then it says, whosoever believes. Believes is like the fulcrum to the gospel. Either you do believe and have eternal life, or you don't believe and have eternal wrath. Faith determines your destiny. It's something uh, I want to clarify on for a minute, uh, because we also have another uh, gospel who preaches another gospel Another gospel of a different kind that they preach. Faith determines your destiny. And what they mean by that is if you believe it, you can achieve it. But no, faith determines your destiny in this. If you believe in Christ, you have eternal life. If you don't, there's eternal wrath. 
That's the destiny that our faith determines. What does John 3.16 says? It says, For whosoever shall believe shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the fulcrum. The fulcrum. And then, then we look at the next verse and it says that uh, for God sent His Son into the world to condemn... God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That was His purpose. That was Jesus' purpose here on this earth, that we might know what salvation is. I want to ask you tonight, as we get ready for a song of invitation, are you a part of God's plan? Are you a part of God's grand scheme of things? Are you living in His plan? His plan is He sent His Son so that whosoever could be saved. That's His big plan. But if we choose not to believe, we're not living in it. Are you living in God's plan tonight?